Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. Tonight I'm joined by Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Hello. Unfortunately, Nadji can't join us tonight. He's actually working, um, so he's giving this one a miss. Tonight, we're going to cover a few different topics. We're going to do the Bears game, a quick review of that, a quick view of the trade deadline, which was relatively quiet from our point of view, and then we'll go on to the Cardinals game for Sunday night. So let's start off with the Bears game. Um, we'll do the score predictions once we get down to the Cardinals, but we'll start with the Bears game. Um, so, guys, what did you think? We are back to winning ways. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a good performance. I think a, a lot of players, uh, you know, pulled it out after having a bit of um, grief, a bit of uh, criticism. Um, you know, starting with Jimmy, starting with Shanahan. Uh, but I was I was overall very pleased with the performance, particularly the second half. We really seemed to get uh, a bit of our groove back. Uh, move the ball, and when you have eight possessions, miss a field goal and score seven times, uh, I don't know really what more you can ask for. It was a little bit messy in places. There, there were a few things, particularly I think on the defensive side, we were a bit soft in the middle. Um, maybe that's that's because we're we're missing Greenlaw and Al Shire now. Um, but yeah, I was I was pleased with the performance after the criticism um, and it was a desperately needed win. Uh, and hopefully it's, it's got our groove back and, and we're going to take it on into the Cardinals game. What do you think, Paul? Victory Monday, gentlemen. It's been a <laughs> while since we could enjoy one of them. Um, no, Gareth, everything you said. I'm just glad Lee that Kyle finally listened in the show. Cause everything me, Nadji and Gareth talked about, seemed like you put into action um especially that second half anyway it was nice to see the 49ers put up a season high 467 total yards jimmy g rocked out on his um coming home appearance which i know nadji was very thrilled about and as he's not here it would be amiss of us lee not to mention how happy nadji was with jimmy g on sunday um i mean obviously like you said a win's a win First half, like Gareth said, it was a bit painful in times. Field goals, I thought, oh, here we go again. Losing at half time, we talked about it on the preview show when we're behind at half time under Shanahan. Generally, doesn't go down too well. So I'm glad that we've kind of smashed that one out now. First comeback victory when behind at half time. I mean, Jimmy, should we get the elephant out of the room, gentlemen? Where do we go from here? Do you think he's all is forgiven? QB one moving forward or right? I'm I'm, I'm going just... to jump in and answer that now. <laughs> I'm going to jump in and answer that now. So it's it's going to surprise you that I am going to criticise Jimmy. Um, so don't get us wrong. I thought Jimmy had a good game by his standards. I, I thought he did well, but in my mind, I think we now know what Jimmy's ceiling is. I think he was close to his ceiling in the Bears game. He he did he did what he can do well. Um, however, he, he still has poor accuracy. So, some of his throws are pretty poor, to be fair. 
and it's the wide receivers that are pulling them out. The wide receivers making the adjustments to bring in those um, bring in those catches. It's okay listening to the commentators saying, well, you know, that, that's an NFL wide receiver. He should catch that ball. But when you're having to adjust every single throw to make the catch, you're bound to miss a few. And for me, I think we've now we now know what Jimmy Sealing is. Jimmy Sealing was the Saints game. That that was the best game he's ever played for the 49ers. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I think he might be able to get up towards that level again um, against the Bears. He was getting there. I'm, I'm not going to say he was on the same level because he wasn't. He wasn't. But he did have a good game by his standards. I think when you look at Jimmy, we can say he's somewhere between quarterback number 15 and 25 in the NFL. I don't think he breaks into the top 15. Um, we know what we have with him. I think he's playing with... He, he, he's playing as though he knows he's going to lose his job. So he's playing for his next paycheck. And I think that shows as well. Because you see some frustrations there, but you also see the enjoyment when he was getting those scores, the two running uh, touchdowns that he had. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I know it's harsh to criticise him after a game where he did lead the team and we won the game. But I think now we know. We know exactly what we have in Jimmy. Um, I know people are going to turn around and say, well, I've known for ages. But he still had time to develop. I think now we haven't seen any progression in him for a long time. No, I think I, we, we've got the Jimmy that we're going to have. I'll agree with you, Lee. I mean, obviously, as my first got host, I, I watched the game back a bit more intensely than I would this week. And you're right there, you saw the highs, you saw the lows, some of the throws, when you watch it back, when you take the emotion out, they were high, they were hospital balls. And it, like you said, I agree that I think that Jimmy, that the Saints game, we're never getting back. Neil Watson, we apologise, because we know you really enjoyed Sunday's performance. Um, Neil had a bit of fun on Twitter, obviously, number one Jimmy fan club. But I think Nadji is generally right. I know after the game, Nadji was talking in the group chat and he wasn't a fan of Jimmy as such but what do you think Gareth what's your analysis at this point yeah I think that it, it's sort of fair I mean the the problem with Jimmy is it's always been you get four good games out of Jimmy then four mediocre games four bad games and he misses four games to injury he can't ever seem to get to string together those good performances uh, and I think, you know, there is something that you, in your, that you say about, uh, you know, the receivers are digging him out. But that's every single quarterback in the league. It's it's the way you look when Aaron Rodgers throws the ball high because he's got so much stock in the bank. People are saying it's great placement. He put it where only the receiver could get it and he trusted the receiver to get it. When Jimmy throws it a bit high, it's because Jimmy's inaccurate. And uh, I don't know where the truth is in between those two. But the problem is Jimmy just doesn't have enough stock. To, to get him to to be given that benefit of the doubt that those passes are are good passes, not poor passes. But I I, I was I was impressed with you know Jimmy could have could have you know really crumbled and and got a lot worse and he he pulled out the sort of performance that we know we kind of are going to get and, and need from Jimmy on a good day, which is he moved the ball he, he ran the offense and. And thankfully, didn't actually make any mistakes. So there were certainly at least one, if not two, very interceptable passes, which maybe a, a better defence would have 
done something with um and he, he also had his job made made easier by combination of i think good o-line and, and a generally pretty feeble uh pass rush from the bears so it's a good game it's a confidence builder let's let's see what he can do in the next game because it, it for the moment it doesn't look like trey lance is going to be be starting while jimmy's fit uh, and Jimmy certainly, I think, bought, in, bought himself another game. Let's go and see what he can do against a, a much better Arizona defense than, than what he faced in Chicago. Yes, yeah, so I think that, that, that's going to be the yardstick because obviously it was um, Trey Lance that played against the Cardinals before in what was a very close game. But before we get on to the Cardinals game, um, so I'll, I'll just reiterate what you've just said there. Yeah, we, we beat the Pooh Bears team. It, it wasn't convincing, but we did beat them. But there was also enough there from both the play calling and the execution, in my mind, to, to plant the seeds of optimism for the running. I think we did change. We did improve. You could see that. It, it wasn't great leaps in improvement, but it was enough of improvement to say, great, we've started to make a change. We've started to progress. Things are going our way. We've played slightly differently to what we have at the start of the season, and it is now looking good. And to be honest, we're not even halfway through the season yet. And we were about to get a glut of starters back in. Kittle, Wilson, Gold, Archier, Ford, potentially Greenlaw next week. And both Richie James and Jill and Hurd are not that far behind either. Th- those are all big players. So at the moment, I am optimistic again. I've, I've gone from the lows of uh, the Colts game to now thinking, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's how you finish. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Show progression week on week on week and we can do this um, as I said the last game against the Cardinals was quite close um, you don't hear any of the Cardinals fans saying well we couldn't even beat the 49ers oh we couldn't we couldn't convincingly beat the 49ers that was too close for a team that uh, has got all these injuries they're playing a rookie quarterback it's far too close but they're not panicking for some reason we are panicking and I don't know if that's because our expectations were a lot higher based off 2019 and the fact we'd given up effectively three first-round picks to bring Trey Lance in. And we all knew we was going to sit and learn, but we also had this expectation which nobody wanted to actually speak about, that we wanted him to play as soon as possible and be, be absolutely elite, which is obviously never going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree, Lee. I mean, just before we move off from the Bears game, like Gareth said, with the Jimmy, there was a lot of positives. We all enjoyed it in the group. Especially, Gareth, that last fourth quarter, I was really impressed at the drive we put together, Shanahan's play calling, the mm. way we mixed it up. Again, we talked about it in the uh, preview show, Lee, when Nancy asked and Gareth for someone to give us a spark. And what a spark it was, boys, from Debo Samuel. It would be a miss not to mention Tebow's. Was it eighty-four yards? Yeah, run? eighty-four yards. Yeah, yeah. It's great, great to see someone step up. Uh, obviously, I don't know that we've really this season talked about how how good Elijah Mitchell has been for a rookie. In the fact that he he doesn't look like it, and he's he seems to have the sort of durability of of the someone like the Jeff Wilson, but also the speed of Mostert. Um, and it's no wonder the other running backs aren't even getting a carry when he when he's churning out the yardage he is. Uh, I was very impressed with him against the Bears. I'm so impressed with the way that he just hits the line of scrimmage and trusts his guys that the lane is going to appear. And he doesn't have that hesitation that certainly Jerick McKinnon 
um, used to just get stuck in the mud all the time as, as he sat there hesitating. Whereas, whereas Mitchell just seems to be, if I'm getting the ball, I'm going in one direction. Um, and that's straight into the gap that I'm, I'm going to trust is going to form. Uh, and, it, you know, he pulled off so many big chunk runs. It opens up the pass game. It was it was what we want to see from our offense, the, the two parts, the pass and the run working together. And, yeah, it, yeah, it was encouraging to say, let's let's keep this going. Let's that's our identity. We've got to build on that. We've got to be better teams with that. Um, let's go out and do it. And uh, it's a big change. One week from from the uh, the depths of after the pretty dismal performance against the the Colts, it was a win that we needed. Um, and hopefully, as you said, Lee, it will set us up for a run through uh, into the latter half of the season with with a head of steam behind us and our best players coming back, not going out. So interestingly, you must be able to see my notes because I've got written down. Mitchell has been an absolute gem of a find for the sixth round. And he yeah, has. He's in the rookie of the year conversation. Obviously, if one yeah. of the quarterbacks does well, they you know they always get it. But without that, you know, he's something like sixth in the league in in running or something, or, or some of the measurables, yards per carry or or something. And you know, he's done it. And he's missed two games. Um, and and I don't know that we've uh, we've we've mentioned him. We kind of take it for for granted. And it's like, hang on, this guy's only played what six NFL games, five NFL games. Uh, and he's 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 <laughs> running running hard, running well, finding the gaps, uh, and just keeps carrying the ball. Well, let's go from one rookie to another. Hafanga mm-hmm. looked uh, the business when he was replaced um, Jacquesky Tart. I don't think we're allowed to talk about him without Nadji here to profess his new. new... <laughs> okay, so I, in, in that case, I, I will go on to the second part of this uh, sentence I've got written down. Tavon Wilson also did well, replacing the injured Jimmy Ward. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're kicking a man when he's down there. Nadji was gutted when Jimmy Ward went out. Can you not remember the text messages? Yeah, yeah. I know he, he must have been crying into his beer watching the uh, the injured Jimmy Ward um, troop off there. I mean, to be honest, I, I like Jimmy Ward. I think Jimmy Ward's a good player. Um, I can't quite get that, that, that um, feeling that Nadji has about Jimmy Ward. But Nadji's played the game. I haven't. Nachi's going to see stuff I, I will never ever see unless somebody points it out and explains it to us. So I'll, I'm I'm going to err on the side of caution, and I will go with Nachi's um, Nachi's uh, evaluation of Jimmy Ward. <laughs> well, I, I will stick with Shanahan and Robert Sellers, who both <laughs> absolutely rave about him. And sorry, Nachi, but I think you know possibly they uh, they got a little bit more experience than Nachi. Um, now, now yeah. see, I, I, would, I would agree with you there, but let's face it, we are starting Josh Norman game after game, and so he's done well with some of the air turnovers, mind. But to me, the pass interference calls—they're just too much. It's too many of them. What pass we, interference calls? We, we yeah. didn't have any on Sunday, gentlemen. No, no, no <laughs> not on Sunday. Not on Sunday. But Sorry, definitely Lee, against the Colts game. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had yeah. to get that in because we talked about the pass interferences. So there was a couple of times when Fields threw it long and I held my breath and I thought, where's the flag? Where's the flag? And the one Norman intercepted, I was like, there's no flag. This feels weird. Is, is this what it feels like? Yeah. So good point, Paul. The one that Norman intercepted at the very end of the game when he should have grabbed hold of the ball and then just sat down on the ground and ran the clock out. But instead, he risked turning that ball over again going up 
uh, trying to get field position when he didn't need to. All he needed to do was sit down. I, I so, thought that. Yeah, oh, that. And, and he's a veteran. He should know this. Yeah. I mean, you know, perhaps the the guys here, Josh Norman didn't, I think, do any uh, pre-season, did he, with any team. So, you know, potentially it's going to take him a few games to, to get better. Um, uh, and you're right, he's, he's, there was a reason he was, he was left on the, on the shelf over the summer. Um, maybe uh, age and, and demands or what have you, uh, you know, wage demands. But he is what we've got. We're in the position we've got because, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like the draft picks are either up to scratch or trusted by the coaches. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought he had a pretty good game. He, at least he's there's a lot of aggression there, and he's always after the ball. He's always after popping that ball out, and we have struggled with turnovers, um, as in get winning turnovers. So, if as long as he can clean up the DPIs, um, I, I don't know that he's necessarily the sort of the worst player that uh, we might have to rely on this year. So before we move off the uh, Bears game, one thing I want to say is I think Charlie Warner is has been underappreciated by most of our fan base. I thought he had a very, very good game on um, Sunday night. And then Monday, looking through some of the US-based groups, they were all crying out for a new uh, tight end to play opposite um, George Kittle. And I was thinking, did nobody actually watch what Charlie Warner did last night in last night's game? How well he played. So I think he's very underappreciated. Definitely, those da- those downfield blocks that we use for, uh, you know, we we love when Kittle does it, and say that twenty twenty yard run was was all on Kittle Kittle blocking downfield. Um, there's a reason we're getting those twenty yard runs, and it's it seems to be you know Warner had a good game, um, and I noticed a little little something on the tape that actually Jermichael Hasty uh, pulled quite a few nice blocks in pass protection, um, and in in a few other places he, he's. He's contributing as well more than just the um, uh, uh, you know actual yardage, but yeah, definitely a shout out for Charlie Warner there. I thought felt he had a good game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so before we move on to or before we very briefly move on to the trade deadline um, transactions, I just want to pick up on a point what Paul mentioned about uh, hosting the show. So I listened to the three shows while I was away on holiday, and I thought it was absolutely excellent. Great idea to um, rotate the host, and I think we'll do that from now on. Um, but I'm going to put a little bit of a twist in, my own twist. It's going to be host Russian roulette. I won't tell anybody who's going to be host until the second before I hit record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then off you go. <laughs> but no, honestly, I thought it was a really good idea. Um, it was refreshing. It, it, it just brought a different, um, a different feel to the show. So, yeah, I think we'll continue doing that. We'll rotate all the four of us uh, doing the show. And maybe we'll ask anybody if they want to guest host the show. That would be an idea as well. Yeah, I think it, it worked well. And we wanted to take all the load off uh, Nadji doing all the sound recording and processing and uploading. So, uh, Is that right now? Is that right now? So I've been yeah. doing this for three years and nobody's said, let's take some of this load off Lee. Well, well we thought we thought, you know, you liked your big chair and... And the power that comes with it. So yeah, you know, I feel we, like Captain Kirk. Yeah, I think it was just an off the cuff thing, Lee. Like you said, there we, we've ne- I've never thought of it like that. We just assume you do the horse and you do the recording, and then like you said, when you were away, and Angie did the first one, and then when we were chatting, Gareth offered to do the second one, and then we just listened to the feedback. It's been good to see the feedback, Lee. I think you know none of us 
are experts. We do this pod because we love the team, we love the group, and it's been great to see the community. I think there was a couple of comments about who's had more QBs or horses this year, the 49ers, and we were all chuckling. So I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Yeah. We did our best. And I'll tell you what, it did make a huge difference being able to sit and listen to the show afterwards without actually knowing what happened in the show. Because obviously I, I do the editing all the time, so I always know what's in the show and I record it. So listening to it afterwards, and especially after I've edited it, where I listen to it another twice, it gets to the point where I listen to the final product and I don't really listen to it. Yeah. It's like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to confess as well. <laughs> now, don't take this personally, but um, when I started listening to the, the Colts review show, Apparently, from what I gather, my wife says, I only made it to about three minutes into the show before I was fast asleep snoring. <laughs> but th- this was two o'clock in the morning. We'd been out night clubbing that night. I think how me and Gareth felt we stayed up to watch the Colts game late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well yeah. as many others, but let's, let's not end on that note. The Bears game we won. Kyle had his groove back on. And let's yeah. move on to Sunday. Well, before we get to Sunday, let's just mention about the trade deadline. Um, like I said oh, yeah, before, sorry. it was relatively quiet. Uh, the biggest bit of business went, was Von Miller going to the Rams. Um, I, I can understand why they did that. Whether or not it's going to be a good bit of business, don't know. He is aging. He does have injury problems. He's not as durable as what he has been. And it could come back to bite them a little bit. Um I think if they if we get a season out of him and win the Super yeah. Bowl, they'll be happy. Exactly. You you can just bring him in on like third downs, either pass rush or, you know, he, he can only play fifteen snaps like we're using uh, D Ford. If he can, yeah. if he have an impact in that time, um, you know, they don't need him to be an every down linebacker. So um, clearly, they just hate going to the draft, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So under our pickup, our trade with the uh, the Texans for. Ominihu, Charles Ominihu. Um, I, I think this says a lot more about the production we've had from Ibukam than anything anyone else on the defensive line. I don't think he's been as effective as what we believed he would be when we picked him up in free agency. Mm. And um, from what I gather, um, Ominihu will be starting on Sunday. So that should be interesting to see what he's like. And he, has, he is actually rated quite highly on PFF. Um Obviously, PFF, it's flawed, the stats on there. Um, but it is still a relatively decent guideline for what type of player you're getting. Yeah, good good value, I think, for a sixth-round pick in, in 2023, I think, as well. Odd, odd that the Texans kind of moved the guy on. Maybe they've got the depth. And, and as, as you said, it's all the preseason where people talking about how dominant our defensive line was going to be. And, and it hasn't been either in the pass rush or against the run. I mean, Abukam had his best game by a, by a country mile against, uh, uh, against the bears. So it, it's almost disappointing that that's was supposed to be the strength of our whole team. And it's the one area that we needed to strengthen in the, uh, before the trade deadline, um, rather than for example, corner, where you know you may have thought that there was some uh, uh, need there, particularly in the in the longer term, when when these guys are you're getting them in because of, on the assumption you're going to give them at least a, a one or two year contract after after you've traded for them. I don't think this is a 
Emmanuel Sanders sort of trade where we hire him for half a season. Um, but yeah, good pickup. Let's see what he can do. Um, and yeah, once he's hammered Kylo into the floor a few times, uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll all be very happy with it. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it's funny, Gareth. It's like you said. It's like the Rams picked Goff that with the first pick and thought, yeah, we're never picking in the draft again because they just <laughs> see we give the draft picks away. And their salary cap manager, how he does it, I, I'm no expert on it, but. I mean, aren't the Broncos paying Von Miller's salary for this season? Like, literally, they've got Rams yeah. have got him for nothing. Like, it just that bit confuses me. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing our new player. I'll leave Lee to pronounce his name. Um, it's a shame, like you said, Gareth Bukam had his best game on Sunday. He looked quite good for me. But let's just see what the new lad can do. Right, so let's move on to the Cardinals game. So before we actually talk about the Cardinals game, let's do our predictions. So the over-under is 45.5, which to be honest, I think that's a little bit high. I'm quite surprised it's 45.5, but that's got to be based off the way that the Cardinals are scoring at the moment. Definitely not us. Um, and what what else is surprising is the Cardinals are only one and a half point favourites. Mm. Yeah. That, that is very surprising. So I will give you a hand by going first. And I think it's going to be a 49ers win. I think it's going to be very close. And I think it's going to be 2017. Mm, I'd take that. Uh, I went for, I think, something slightly more. I think uh, a Niners win as well. I think our, our offense is, fingers crossed, going to keep going. Uh, and I think it'll be a uh, 29 to 22 Niners win. Oh, I like it. No surprise for everyone listening. I'm going for a 49ers win. Um, I've gone for 27 24, Lee. I think there's a bit of confusion about Murray, which obviously we'll get into in a minute. But just before we move on, Lee, I've got a friend who bets every week on the NFL and he'd listen to the show. And at halftime, he texted me and he was like, You let me down on my bet. You said the 49ers would win. I said to my mate, I say the 49ers are going to win every week, so don't take me for gospel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny, that. Yeah, don't use us for bets. Definitely don't use us for bets. I thought you better put that disclaimer out there in case anyone else is listening. But we got it right on Sunday. Hopefully we'll get it right this Sunday. I'd take any score at this point, yeah. as long as we win. Yeah, I, I, I've got a good feeling that we will win. We ran them close in Arizona. And I think whether Mary plays or not is irrelevant um, because we played them close in Arizona. Um, the extent of Mary's injury, I don't believe, has been made clear. And if I was Cliff Kingsbury, I'd be keeping my cards close to my chest. I, I won't. I'd be giving uh, Shanahan as much problems as he can in game planning. Um, from what I gather, Mary was supposed to be out three to four weeks. So for him to get injured the other night and then suddenly he's playing next week, it's quite surprising. It's, it's quite surprising to hear that. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I don't expect him to start. But if he does start, because of the angle injury, I don't think he's going to be as effective throwing the ball as well as running. Um, running was a non-starter anyway in Arizona. We did actually contain him quite well um, down there. So, yeah, I, I think it's irrelevant whether or not Mary plays or not. I think the biggest thing for us is the fact that J.J. Watt is out. However, I'm not going to contradict myself because, believe it or not, our O-line is one of the top-rated O-lines in the NFL. I was just checking before we came on air and Mike McGlinchey is rated 31st out of 64 tackles in pass protection. So, I mean, granted, that's, that's middle of the pack. 
but he wasn't middle of the pack last year. He he was bottom of the pack. In fact, I think last year they had third stringers coming in that were beating uh, Mike McGlinchey's score. So he has improved. He has. Um, regardless of whether or not you see it through the eye test, he has improved. What would be a big test for him is not this Saturday, uh, sorry, this Sunday coming up against the Cardinals. It'll be the week after against the Rams. That'll be a big test. That'll be easy. We just put Ross uh, Dwelly on Aaron Donald. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I think for the game on Sunday, Lee, when you look at the Cardinals injury report, De Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was on there as well. He didn't participate. Um, issues with a hamstring. AJ Green placed on the COVID list. So I think even if Murray's playing, I agree with you, I think DeMarco Ryan's might be a bit more aggressive than he usually is on the pass and downs because if Hopkins isn't there, and like you've said, you know, Murray's not going to be scrambling around as much. It'll be interesting to see us get after him a bit more. Um, what do you think, Gareth? Do you think that'll come into play if Murray's under centre but we know he can't move around as much? Or do you think we've got his number... It will, it will depend if, because of those those factors, they try and lean on their run game a little bit more, which you know they they, they didn't certainly against Green Bay. I, I don't I don't know that they uh, even between Murray and, and two running backs. I think they may may have only touched a hundred and something yards on the ground. Uh, and we have been a little bit soft against the run. The the Bears were able to run the ball against us, you know, reasonably well with, with some reasonable frequency. And we we are, I think, a little bit soft in the in the middle um, with the players we're missing. So if if he goes to favour the run game a bit, then uh, that that would make sense. But I, yeah, I think we can get after him um, if if he if Kyler does play. He's he's coming back from an injury. It's it's got to have an effect. He's got to be be favouring uh, the ankle. I think, isn't it? It's an ankle, not knee. So uh, yeah, let's let's get after him. Let's let's be disruptive. Uh, and I'd love to see a, a first half dis- defensive display like we did against uh, Seahawks, but just follow up with an offence that can actually move the ball um, and take advantage. Uh, and then we're going to put ourselves in a in a good position to win the game. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the Cardinals, that I don't know what it is about the Cardinals. We, we do seem to have close games every time we play the Cardinals. Um, other than going back to that game we had uh, when Colin Kaepernick ended up throwing, what, what was it, four interceptions in the first six or seven throws he had. Um, that wasn't a close game, but let's forget about that one. <laughs> Even though, obviously, I can't forget about that one. <laughs> but yeah, we, we seem... We seem to play them close all the time. I think up at Levi's, we have the advantage because, I mean, we, we travel well anyway, so we, we took a big fan base down to Arizona. Um, but at home, it, it's different different altogether being at home. And I think that, the fact that we've got some good starters coming back, can't wait to see Kittle on the field again. Um, even Wilson, although I don't think Wilson's going to be um, a starter. He's not going to take Mitchell's job. But look, look at our back room now, our running back room. We've got um, Mitchell, Wilson, Sermon, Hasty. Um, some of the things I've seen in um, some of the US groups asking why Sermon isn't playing. Why isn't Sermon starting? I'm thinking, do any of you actually watch the game? Have you seen what Mitchell is doing on that field? And they're coming up with stupid stuff like that. Well, why isn't Sermon uh, playing? Um, I've gone off on a I've gone off a complete tangent here. So back at the Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals, uh, for me, I think I said it in the uh, the previous game. I I feel as though their their record 
is not a fair representation of where they are as a team. I didn't think they were, they were as good as a 7-0 team. Um, so when the Packers beat them, it came as no surprise, even though it was a late, uh, late win for them. I don't think they're as good as that. I think somebody's mentioned it in, in the group today. There's no real standout team this year. I think the Bucks come close, but then they got turned over by the Saints last week. But every, every good team has an off day. I don't think the Cardinals had an off day. I think the Cardinals were found out. Simple as that. They struggled against us when we were playing badly. They got beat by Green Bay. And to be honest, I mean, Green Bay was still lucky to beat us. I yeah. think they were lucky to beat us. So I don't think there was that much between us. And I think we've been playing badly up until now. The only half of football I think we've really stood out was the very first half of football of the season against the uh, Detroit Lions. After that, it just seemed to go downhill. We're slowly picking up the pace again. So I, I think I think the Bears game, even though it wasn't convincing, it was against a poor team, I think that was pivotal in how we move forward, going for the rest of the season. And again, I think every game from now is going to be pivotal. I, I think it's going to be really important because we've got the Cardinals. We, we need to beat them to claw back some space in the air, some uh, momentum in the division itself, and then we come up against the Rams. The Rams, for me, listening to what everybody's saying, everybody's saying basically the Rams are the best team in the NFC, possibly the NFL at the moment. Um, I, I think that could possibly be right. I, I think as, as hard as it is for me to say that, because I hate the Rams, I hate the Rams with a passion, I think that is possibly right. Looking at their team all round, However, we know Shanahan's got McVeigh's number. Definitely. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Lee, I think why we were so impressed with Sunday's victory, probably better than a blowout victory, because I don't think we'd have learnt much in a blowout victory. And the Bears weren't great, we know that. But again, we said we come back from a deficit at half-time. Jimmy's first rushing touchdown, it was a mix-up on the play, and he took it and he ran it in. Are you more involved... You know, things like that, that would give us the confidence of moving forward. That think, right, can we take that into the game on Sunday against the Cardinals? And I agree with what you said. The Cardinals haven't looked that impressive this year. Um, it was Lee, John Elson, that mentioned the no standout teams. And I think you should give him a shout out because we missed him off the questionnaires last time. I, th um, I think you just have, Paul. <laughs> and Lee said we're going to win the Super Bowl this year if you go and look at the thread in on Facebook so give him the credit there yeah I think Lee should uh, cut out the alcohol this early in the day <laughs> no it's exactly the same type of thing I would say so yeah yeah I understand that um, but I think you were underselling the coming back from a deficit at half time thing because if you recall I, I mentioned um, in the group I don't know if it was a group it couldn't have been the group thread oh it might have been yeah We've never won a game when we've um, been losing at half-time under Shanahan. That was the very first time on Sunday. Yeah, we mentioned that in, in the, the preview show. Like I said, it, I, that gave me confidence. That second half was just good to watch. It was nice to sit back again on the Monday and watch the game back, the game in 40, and think, we've done well here. Debo sparked it. And that last fourth drive for me, the fourth quarter, sorry, but we just controlled possession. Gareth said it. For me, Mitchell stood out. He's only played five of the seven games. And he's, is it 8.6 yards per carry he's averaging or something along those lines? He's on course to be our first 1,000-yard rusher under Shanahan or for the first yeah. one in a long time. Mm. And I 
I am looking forward to Sunday's game. It's a 9.25 game on Sunday, so it's not too late. I think Nadji likes the 9.25 games because Litland's down and he can sit down and watch the game. So Yeah, I preferred the 5 o'clock game, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah me I mean, 9.25 is a lot better than uh, 20 past 1 in the morning. Yeah. Kick-off yeah. at daylight was, was a bit of a novelty. Um but yeah, I think just you know, just just on the Bears, you um, people say, oh well, you know, it was it was it was against a poor team. But remember, they're, st- they're still an NFL team. You don't beat the bad NFL team simply by turning up. Look at the Jets turning over the Bengals. That's a you know a bad team. You would be expected to to beat them. Um, and the Bears, you know, Justin Fields had his best game. They they had their flashes. The uh, they got you know tight end and a running back who, who can who can move them with chains. So while the Bears are struggling, you you don't just get handed these games, particularly away from home in the NFL. You still actually have to go out and beat them. So it's. Yeah, a, a pleasing performance. The key, the key thing is building momentum now and not having that momentum derailed by another patchy, bitty, free-and-out-laden performance um, that we, we've had in uh, a couple of the previous games. So, so long as we can we can do that, I think it's it's not so much a must-win game. Um, it's a, it's another must-put-in-a-very-good-performance game. Uh, you say it's, a, it's at home, but I don't think we've won at Levi's for... What eighteen months or something, something stupid like that now. So um, we do a we do a good home performance, um, uh, and we we need it now. But looking at the rest of the NFC, I, I reckon eleven wins will get you into a, a wild card, maybe ten. So uh, I think from what we've seen against the Bears, I wouldn't I wouldn't be writing us off until we're if we get to the point of kind of eight losses. Um, that's maybe where where you might say okay, the, the season's gone. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it isn't so much a a, a must win. It's it's another must build on that and keep going for a good performance. We said it last week, Lee. We said now we need to take the season week to week, and I think like Gareth said there, the positivity's back. We're, we're building the momentum. Shanahan needs to put in a similar game plan. We said before the Bears game, he'd looked a bit off kilter. You said it, Lee. Kittle's back. That's going to be massive. Kittle always tends to do well against the Cardinals. Maybe Jimmy's going to continue. So I'm I'm full of positivity, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to Sunday's game. Yeah, me too. Looking forward yeah. to seeing some of our starters come back. Um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Archie come back. Because I, I think he'd been outstanding up until the concussion. Um, yeah. So yeah, really looking forward to him getting back in the fold. Uh, and hopefully next week against the Rams, if Greenlaw can come back as well, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, getting fit at the at the right time of the season, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we missed him, Lee, against the Bears. I don't think Fields would have had quite as much freedom if Al Shahar was playing. And like you mm. said, Gareth, Fields had his best game. That last rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter when he just was like cheap code on Madden. Yeah. Spinning around. And to be honest, at that point I thought, here we go. We've lost this game. Nine thirty eight left. He's ran that in. But like we bounced back and we just put it back together and it was a bit bittersweet for me Gareth seeing Justin Fields play well <laughs> against us it was as if he had something to prove against that lad stood on the sideline calling the players for the 49ers <laughs> <laughs> what what do you think of I mean this is completely off topic but what do you think of Mac Jones 
<laughs> Go on, yeah, Gareth. Is that, like, is that a can, can of worms I've, I've just talked? I've, I've not really studied his performances. He seems to have, I think, what we thought. He's probably the most NFL ready, but do we really see much of a a, a kind of ceiling there? He's he's operating a, a you know a reasonably straightforward offense and. Uh, my, my ex-boy Kenny Boom, Kendrick Bourne, is the one bailing him out all the time. I I, I don't know. I I don't so I wouldn't say he's bailing him out because so I I've I've watched all the, uh, the quarterbacks just to see how they're performing, and I mean you hit the nail on the head there. Have we actually seen a ceiling already for Mac Jones? And possibly we have. His accuracy will will improve. His uh, reading of the game will speed up, um, but already his accuracy. Is bloody good. Some of the throws he's putting in are absolutely excellent. Hitting the wide receiver in stride so that they don't have to stop at all. They just basically look over the shoulder and the ball drops into the hands. That's how good he's looking at the moment. Now, he did start the season a little bit shaky. He had a few um, interceptions and stuff. But I think Mac Jones is looking like what I thought he would look like this season. So it all comes down to... Um, the likes of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, see how they progress next season and the season after, because they all had much higher ceilings. If you believe the uh, the experts, they all had much higher ceilings than Mac Jones. So it'll be interesting to see how the careers pan out. I think going where he went, Lee. Yeah, I think the silence me and Gareth had. You're right. I haven't seen much other than what's on red zone, but he's looked like we thought he would. He hasn't surprised me he hasn't disappointed me I don't think he's shown he should have gone third overall for the amount of draft capital we've given up but you've hit the nail on the head there Trey Lance is going to be judged against that and he's looking pretty decent so far so like you said Trevor Lawrence Zach Wilson Justin Fields it's kind of interesting to take a look at all these guys because as soon as we moved up to number three we all started looking at these guys a bit more in depth I suppose so yeah would you have had him at the 49ers then Lee to Bounce a question back to you on how he's performing now. Would you have been quite happy with Mac at three? So, my my opinion is because of the accuracy alone, he's the type of quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. But you have to have the right system in place for him to do that. You have to have the right system. You have to have the right players on offense. I don't think he's going to be a um, a quarterback that leads a team like a Pat Mahomes, but. I think he is good enough because, I mean, let's face it, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl ring. And already, I'm going to say, Mac Jones is better than Trent Dilfer because he, was, he wasn't a great quarterback. I mean, even Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, and he won against us. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he was good enough in the system he played in and he had a very good surrounding cast. So it's that type of thing. Jimmy, Jimmy can win us a Super Bowl. But he has to have the cast around him to do it. Well, but he's consistency. I think exactly. that people who are talking about maybe Mac Jones and, and Flacco, they their floor is reasonably high that you you generally know they're not gonna cost you the game. Yeah. They may not be the ones who win it for you, but that's where you you, you want one of your cornerbacks or wide receivers or, or somebody else to make that big play that swings the game. So long as your quarterback can can just operate things and, and keep things moving and what we wanted Jimmy to be is just Jimmy shows he can do that only about 30% of the games that he plays. 
uh, the others, he he tends to make those those turnovers, uh, and that's that's been the problem with Jimmy. I don't think it's been his his ceiling. His ceiling's good enough. It's always the fact that suddenly the floor is is really low, as as we saw in a couple of games. So anyway, before <laughs> before we finish, Lee, um, on the last show, me, Gareth, and Nadji joked that against the Bears, Jimmy wouldn't throw for three hundred yards. And in fact, he proved us right. He went for 322. So yeah. I think it would only be right that we do something similar ahead of the Cardinals. Because obviously, we will it into existence if we say it out loud. You know, two rushing touchdowns, 322 yards from Jimmy. So do we reckon repeats on, on Sunday? <laughs> no, no. I think it's going to be a run-heavy game on Sunday, to be fair. So I'll, I'll go back to what I said in the preview of the first Arizona game. Keep that ball away from Buda Baker. And look what happened last time. Yeah, we need to win the uh, battle of possession against the Cardinals, I think. And I think you're right. I think Gareth said it. Mitchell has come away looking at the tape. He's running to the left, running behind Trent Williams. It's always a smart move. Like I said, Hasty came up with some decent blocking players. George Kittle's back. I do think it'll be run heavy. I was just tongue-in-cheek because after the game, me and Gareth were texting Nadji because Nadji was having none of it that Jimmy was the reason we won on Sunday. So I just thought I'd mention another tongue-in-cheek comment because if it happens, you can say we spoke on the show. Okay, so I'll tell you what, let's let's make a bold prediction then. Let's make a bold prediction about Sunday's game. I'm going to say Mitchell's going to run for over 150 yards. Oh, I like it. Yeah, the, the way Mitchell's been playing, that's not that bold. 250 yards, I'd say that's bold. So is that your bold prediction then, Gareth? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, quite happy, I'm quite happy with 150. I mean, it's like saying oh, Debo's going to have 150-yard game. I'd like to see that. Or I'd love to see Kittle come back and uh, uh, rampage through the uh, Cardinals' secondary as he's done before, embarrassing Buda Baker on the way. Would it be a bold prediction to say Kittle gets a touchdown, Lee? Seems he hasn't really scored many recently. That's because he's been an IR, haven't you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... It's when you say bold prediction. I do think Kill. Yeah. I think he's going to be used a lot more. I think Gareth said it and yourself. Charlie Warner has come through. If he could be the blocking tight end, it frees up Kittle. And if Jimmy can... The second half, Jimmy, can play against the Cardinals, then I'm confident that we might score a passing touchdown this week. So yeah. my bold prediction is a passing touchdown to Kittle. Because we didn't score any passing touchdowns last week, Lee. No, no, I know. I watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking, you know, you've been away for a couple of weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I do have a, a quick bold predict, uh, prediction. Hafanga uh, gets a turnover, either interception or forces a fumble. There we go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I think you're right as well. I think he will. You, al- you almost have that deflected one. Um, uh, against the Bears it's quite good it's not his guy but he he follows up and seems to get around that ball quick enough to potentially pick up any scraps uh, either a fumble or you know a tipped pass or that sort of thing so um, yeah fingers crossed Uh, I'd like to see him do well because he did he did have a very good game for a kind of rookie's first performance I think pretty much mistake free and made a few plays so there we go sorry Nadji stolen your thunder mate so I will say I, I missed the player up that's coming back. 
Um, not that they've been out injured, but uh, Lenore wasn't available last week. Lenore wasn't available because his wife was uh, due to give birth the same day as the Bears game. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention that he would be back as well, as well as the other glut of players we've got. So it is looking really good. Right, so that, that's quite a long show, that, considering Najee wasn't on. And Najee's well, we a good put, talker. We have put two in one, though, to be fair. We have, two we have. Uh, you're right. You're right, had Najee been here, it would have been a two-hour show. Right, Aww. guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, I look forward to the next show, and um, I'll have to do Spin the Wheel to see who's going to host it. I mean, it'll be like the players. We all, we all have to prepare, even though we might be sitting on the bench, but it's still got to be Exactly, yeah, yeah. You should prepare anyway to step in just in case something happens during the show. Just, yeah, in, case, just in case I get a hamstring injury and need to sit down and can't talk. Well, we have the dynamic duo, Nadji and Gareth, so I'm not worried about that. They'll be able to step in, Lee. Well, of course they will. Right, before we, uh, before I sign off to the rest of the uh, the listeners, I'd just like to remind people that we've got the meetup in Bristol on the 28th of November. I have reached out to the 49ers organisation. Um, the UK Vikings have been sent some items to give away and um, to raffle off. Um some jerseys I believe jerseys flags and maybe scarves so I've reached out to the 49ers to ask if they can reciprocate that do something very similar for us and bearing in mind they already did something very similar to this for the Super Bowl meetup two years ago so whether or not they do do it this time I don't know but I have asked the question so hopefully we'll have some sort of giveaway there um, that would be able to um, either give away or raffle off to a good charity. Sounds good. Yeah. We said we said on the um, the last show, Lee, if people are coming, head over to the Facebook page and tag that they're coming just so you have an idea for numbers. And obviously there's the event page where people want lifts or hotel recommendations and things like that. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that as well, Paul. So I heard that and then I saw the resulting um, output of that where people went into the event page and rather than click, I'm going just posted a message to say I'm going <laughs> and that was of no help whatsoever so if you go over to the event page you have an option to say you are going it's at the top of the event page it's going maybe can't go it's very simple just click on going <laughs> that'll tell us who's going right great thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes also check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Affair for UK I believe one person has definitely done that because he messaged me while I was on holiday. So I'll give a shout out to, uh, and I hope we get the name right, Robert Maynard. Um, he's based up in Newcastle. He's a Newcastle fan. Um, so we had a little bit banter there uh, while I was on holiday. He's checked out some of the vlogs, uh, really enjoyed them. If anybody's thinking about going to San Francisco, check them out. You might like them, you might not, but it's worth checking them out. They're only 15 minutes long, each one of them. Okay, guys. Until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, run it all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.